All right, thanks for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, participate in the conversation by commenting down below or upvoting the video itself. Also want to let you know that LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am joined by John Garcia. And John, yesterday I did a little primer to the 2024 class from my point of view. I wanted to get an expert in here to talk about what could be one of the better classes probably since 2019 was the last time we had something similar to this. And when you look at the Mississippi class for 2024, who's, who stands out to you? Well, look, I mean, I think at this point, Camarion Franklin's probably the unanimous number one Mississippian recruit uh, in the 24 class. I haven't looked at every single recruiting outlet, but it's hard to imagine, you know, um, that school sack leader at 6'5", 265, isn't number one on everybody's list. Because, look, when you think about great Mississippi natives, the defensive line and the interior come to mind pretty quickly. And Camarion's going to check those boxes. He also checks the boxes of becoming a national recruit. This will be a heavyweight battle. Think of your Nicobe Deans, your Jeffrey Simmons. You know, these are the players that go, of course, within the state footprint, and it becomes an Egg Bowl deal. But then it goes beyond the Egg Bowl footprint. And then your Alabamas, your Georgias, your AMs, your USC's, your Ohio State's also get involved. And for Franklin, he's already become a well-traveled recruit. I think he's got a Bama trip up next. He just visited Miami a couple weeks ago. And, of course, the in-state schools have been a frequent visit destinations for him. So he's really at the top of the list. And if you're talking about the state of Mississippi – being very good on the trail, you've got to have that national recruitment, usually with a D lineman right in the mix. And we've got that in 24 with Camarion Franklin, who's in no rush. So that one will be one we talk about for quite some time. And then you've got several that are no doubter SEC level blue chip battles. I mean, I love Daniel Hill, saw him in person for the first time just a couple weeks ago. He's, he's a linebacker running back hybrid out of Meridian and man, let me tell you, he worked at running back and he just looks so much bigger and more physical than just about everybody that was trying to cover him at this seven on seven event. And he actually worked well with the ball in the air. So I'm fascinated to see not only who gets involved further for him. And look, it's Bama, LSU, of course, the in-state schools on top of that. But where that position projection uh, you know, manifests, how, how does that develop? at 6'1", 220. You know, does he kind of grow out of the running back position uh, and and you start focusing on linebacker, maybe even something else? Or does he stay in that ballpark to where he's so athletic as a two-way guy, you'd rather have him uh, with the ball in his hands? We see that thing go go either way. Think of Centarian Perkins just last cycle for Ole Miss. If you want to find that next one, it could be right there at Meridian with, with Daniel Hill. So I think you've got some great trench prospects you got some great two-way guys and naturally you're going to have great skill on top of it guys who are at specific positions that you could see now or down the line i think of an real white who's another receiver skill position projection can maybe play defensive back if you need him to he's one that his stock has been rising was thinking about committing early uh, out of ocean springs uh, but he didn't he held off uh, so that battle will roll on and then when you talk about upside 
What about Isaiah Autry? He's a big offensive tackle from uh, Itawamba Agricultural, 6'6", 270 right now, a guy who's got a lot of physical growth ahead. Um, and that one could be a very, very back and forth egg bowl battle with Ole Miss probably a little bit ahead at this moment. Uh, but that one, you know, LSU offered him, I believe, yesterday. Florida State is involved. Florida's involved. That one's going to stretch beyond the state as well. So it's it's kind of it's kind of a, a pro and con situation. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you want a lot of these battles to stay closer to home, but you also want to win battles that stretch beyond the SEC and, and really nationally in the case of Camarion Franklin. So there's a little bit of everything in this this class of 2024 in the state. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask you about one particular recruit, um, Braylon Burnside out of Starkville. Ole Miss has gone two for two on the last two prospects out of Starkville. Could they go three for three? Of course. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's too early to rule it out. Um, obviously, there's so much pressure. And I feel like, I mean, your audience, of course, knows this, Stephen, but I feel like nationally people don't realize, one, how hard it is to pull a Mississippian out of the state if, if he's a big-time recruit, and two, how entrenched th- this Egg Bowl recruiting back and forth really is. So for Ole Miss to have any success – at Starkville High School or, or kids from Starkville, Mississippi is, is really amazing to consider. Um, you don't see that in, in other parts of, of the SEC even, uh, and even in state. It, it's just, it's such a rare deal. So look, with Burnside, your guess is as good as mine. I, it's probably too early to call at this point, but you could see why this is such a back and forth, right? Six foot one, uh, just under 200 pounds at this point. Another versatile player, two-way background here. He could line up at a variety of positions. And, yeah, I think if if you're talking just the Egg Bowl battle, I think he's going to be the most intense here going forward. We saw some photo finishes at the end of the 23 cycle. I think Burnside will be that first major one in 24. Him or Isaiah Autry, who we just mentioned, those will be the first banner battles. But it hits a little bit different when the kid is from Starkville. And obviously Mississippi State knows that just as well as Ole Miss. And, and they know they've got to kind of rally and, and keep one of these kids home. It's It's been a while. So that one's going to be intense and fascinating, I, I think. And it's got a long way to go on top of that, which always makes it more entertaining for us and a lot more stressful for the coaches involved. All right. Take um, Braylon and compare him to Aiden Williams to let um, mm. the fans know the difference between the two wide receivers. Yeah, that's that's really a great question. I, I think, look, Aiden, a little bit longer, a little bit leaner, maybe more polished, but the physical prowess of Burnside is, is kind of undeniable. He's one who could take the top off of defenses, but he also works really well in the margins. It's not just a downfield scenario. You can very much get him the ball short and allow him to work, uh, which is, is a more complete skill set, I would say, from a route tree perspective than an Aiden Williams. But Williams, at the same stage, so much more polished, so much more comfortable getting into the intricacies of uh, developing route. I think Burnside's got a little bit more time to develop in, in that regard, but the physical athletic foundation is there. And again, a little bit bigger physically than Aiden at this stage. So I think it's going to help him maximize the ceiling and still work with a strong floor there simultaneously. But uh, those are two of the best in the last few years, not just the last two. Yeah, and as I mentioned earlier, it's like a once or twice a decade thing where Mississippi has a really good class. How good is this 24 class historically? What would you compare it to? 
Yeah, I, I love it at the top. Uh, I, I know off air we talked about 2019. I think you can go back a couple more cycles and, and look at just the very top of of the class uh, and its impact that N'Kobe Dean cycle comes to mind. A lot of those players have moved around in college football through the portal and things like that. Um, so I like the depth at the top, and that's that's where we're we're kind of at in the calendar, right? We're, we're in February now. We're about to hit a bunch of camps. I'm curious about that second tier. Can that group start to mix in and challenge those near the top? It won't be Camarion Franklin levels, but you know, is Daniel Hill going to be the runaway number two player in the state? Or can somebody like a Burnside or, or Noreal White, who we mentioned earlier, can they kind of crash the party with a big offseason? You know, there's a lot of interesting players. I mean, when, when we're talking about the top 10 or 12 recruits, we haven't even talked about Anthony Maddox, who just committed to Texas AM at QB. That's a very good sign for the state of Mississippi, and just in terms of the depth at the top. So I like Maddox. I think he's going to rise in year two as a varsity starter. NFL bloodlines there. Big fan of Jeremy Scott from Callaway. And J.J. Harrell, I think, from North Panola is another one that could very well finish in the top three or four in the state when all is said and done. Ditto for Autry. Again, the biggest question mark is can he physically round into shape gain a little bit of weight and maintain this length and athleticism that presents as a true blindside offensive tackle. If we start getting some of those answers this offseason, I think he could begin to push because when you talk about giving fourth stars and, and, and creating benefit of the doubt, those premium position guys like left tackles and pass rushers are going to get more benefit of the doubt than others. Yeah, and before we get out of here, let's. what about the out-of-state players for Ole Miss specifically? What are some names that we need to be watching for? Look, I, I still think DeMond Williams is one <laughs> folks need to pay attention to. Of course, he's committed to Ole Miss, but since then, multiple Power 5 scholarship offers have come in. He's entertaining them. He visited Arizona State, you know, the in-state school for him under their new very offensive-laden coaching staff under Kenny Dillingham, who just landed Jaden Rashada. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward. But, of course, there's a bunch of uncommitted recruits that are worth tracking. And I, I think Ole Miss has to start at the top. You know, we talk about D-line recruiting with Camarion Franklin. I mean, what about David Stone? Kind of the unanimous number one national defensive lineman. Ole Miss just offered him in the last two weeks, and he told us, hey, it's not too late. It's never too late to get involved. So he's got some time between now and a decision. Can Ole Miss start to crash that party and, and recruit at a higher ceiling against all of the blue bloods that are going to be involved for, for David Stone, who comes from IMG Academy? So those are some of the names out of state that are worth keeping an eye on. And you know that list is only going to develop here as time goes on, Ole Miss is going to recruit the state of Louisiana very hard. We've seen a lot more success recently in the state of Georgia. Expect that to continue. And, of course, with Lane Kiffin, it's always going to be a bit of a national footprint. Uh, so you wonder uh, how many more offensive targets will develop and come to heed as we get closer to those spring official visits. Yeah, and you're going to be along for the whole ride. It should be great, John. Um, anyway, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. John, thank you so much for stopping by today, and we'll, we'll do it again in a couple of weeks, bud. Sounds good, my friend. Thanks for having me. All right. 